Welcome to Spring of Life. My name is Mike Luzinski, and I serve as the lead pastor here. I'm so glad you're taking the time to grow in your faith through scripture, preaching, and the conversations on our podcast. Have you ever had questions or doubts about faith? I know I have. We'll be asking hard questions like, why do some Christians do evil things? Why is there division in God's church? And how do I share my faith? The Bible has a lot to say on these important questions and more. So let's dive in. Scripture, Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Today, we begin a new sermon series entitled Questions of Faith. And I want to start by saying, I, and maybe some of you, because you've told me, I know it's true for some of you, have a lot of questions. And maybe when you were growing up, you asked those questions, and, and sometimes you didn't always get the responses you were looking for. I know I can tell you, I was one of those kids who was told to stop asking questions in Sunday school class. But I believe that asking questions is a pathway to deeper faith and deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. And so here in our church, our community, we encourage questions because we know that by wrestling with them, there's good on the other side. And so I want to show you our journey over the month of September, we're going to ask four questions of faith. Ooh, um, can you see that okay? I know it's a little bit small. Uh, the first one today, how do I share my faith? Maybe if you're like me, you've seen this done really well, and you've seen it done not so well, or maybe even really badly. Uh, number two, next week, why is there so much division in the church? Uh, Half of the New Testament is about church fights. And so there's plenty of scriptures we can draw from to to understand and unpack this question. And even though that division is nothing new, it's been around since the beginning of the church, uh, it's something that still plagues us today. Number three, this is a hard one. Why do Christians do evil in the name of God? Uh, This is something that really gets in the way. It's a stumbling block for people to know God and for people out there in our community who don't want anything to do with a community like ours here at Spring of Life because they perceive Christians doing evil in the name of God or they've seen Christians do evil in the name of God. Number four, what is more important, correct belief or correct practice? Jesus actually told a parable about this Uh, And it's really fascinating when we we talk about how we are the community of faith 
and with our beliefs and our practices. And sometimes the two may even seem to be in tension with each other. So that's where we're headed uh, on this journey about questions of faith with the goal that as we wrestle with these questions, we would be equipped to move into deeper faith, deeper relationship with Jesus. So as we begin to wrestle with the question, how do I share my faith, I wanna show you an image. Raise your hand if you've seen a form of this billboard before. Okay, I see a lot of you drive I-75 and I-95, just like I do. Yes, uh, and, and if, you're, yeah, if, you, if you can't see it well, where are you going, heaven or hell? And it has the blue skies on the one side and the flames on the other. Uh, we're wrestling with the question, how do I share my faith? And I, I believe that the people who bought this billboard are well-intentioned, but I also question, is this the most effective way to share our faith in 2023? And for me personally, the answer is no. So we have to ask, how do we share our faith? And to get that question started, I want to ask all of our children here, raise your hand, children, if you've ever told someone about Jesus, or you've talked about Jesus. Yeah, raise your hand if you've, ever, if you've ever done that before. I see some of you have, some of you haven't. Can you remember what you, what you told someone about Jesus when you were talking with them about Jesus? No, I know this is a, this is a hard question. Anybody? Okay. Interesting. All right. Maybe you told them that Jesus is loving, that Jesus is kind, that Jesus is just or fair. Uh, these are all things that we, all attributes, qualities of God. Yeah. Yes, Jesus follows us wherever we go. Or Jesus is always present with us. Yes, that is true. Mm -hmm. Any other things that you've talked with others about when you, when you talk about Jesus. That was a good example, thank you. Okay, well, I think for many of us, we're sometimes shy about talking about Jesus. Um, and so I wanna go through this scripture because we only have four verses today. We're gonna go through verse by verse because there are only four of them and, and unpack what God is saying to us and talk about how we share our faith well in a healthy way. So Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Jesus is doing ministry all throughout the ninth chapter of Matthew. He's eating with the people who were excluded He's healing the blind and the mute. He even brings a girl who had died back to life. And while doing all of this, he is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of heaven. What I find fascinating is there's not really a distinction between his words and his actions. All of it, the healing, the miracles, the bringing people into community is a part of the good news. It's a part of what God is inviting and creating people into. 
So we carry on in verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This is the same language as the Sermon on the Mount a few chapters prior in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus is offering something that the crowd needs. Why? Because Jesus has compassion on them. Because Jesus loves them. And I want to sit here for a little bit because this is the foundation of why we share our faith in the first place. Why do we share our faith? Because we want people to know the redeeming love of God. This, this is about much bigger than just us or us doing the right thing or doing what we're told to do, but the foundation of why we share our faith is because God wants everyone to know the fullness of life with Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of sharing our faith. And Jesus says, yeah, sometimes Folks, we're, we're messed up and we're helpless. We're like sheep without a shepherd, which frankly is not a very flattering metaphor for us. <laughs> I don't think anyone came in here thinking, ah, I'm a sheep without a shepherd. I feel pretty good about myself. No, no, no. It, it, it makes us be aware of how vulnerable we are sometimes, that we need help. And so Jesus said to his disciples in verse 37, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Now, maybe you read this and you ask the same question that many people ask reading this, saying, what is the harvest? Help me understand this metaphor. What is he talking about? We're not talking about literally harvesting grain or fruit or something from the field, although he's using that image. You know, quick, pick all the apples before they fall on the ground and rot. You know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. But he's not talking about harvesting olives or corn or apples or wheat or anything like that. Jesus is talking about something more. Oftentimes, this passage is interpreted as the final judgment. The harvest is the final judgment. And that that final judgment is coming. But we also have to wrestle with Jesus is saying this to his disciples and inviting them to participate in the harvest. And so Jesus is also talking about the harvest of the next person they're going to help, the next person they're going to heal, the next person who's going to hear the good news of the kingdom of God. That's a harvest too. That's fruitfulness as well. So the harvest is both the, the long-term harvest, the final judgment that's coming, and it's the short-term harvest, the fruitfulness of the next opportunity to serve someone and help them, the next opportunity to allow their life to be changed by this good news of Jesus Christ. So it's both. And so we pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. That's the final verse of this passage. And it reminds us that Jesus was the first missionary sent by God. You think of Jesus as a lone missionary, and he was wise enough to realize that he needed help. 
He needed other people on the journey with him. And so he gathered 12 disciples around him and they worked together on making the good news of Jesus known. And then those disciples created the church and the church was endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit and we inherit that gift. We are a part of that ministry, that church continuing to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are wise enough to know that we can't do it on our own, that we need other people with us in this ministry, that we need help. So with that context and foundation in mind, how do I share my faith? Uh, For those of you who have heard my testimony, you may have heard parts of this story. When I was in middle school, I was trained on how to share my faith. I took a class called Evangelism Explosion, if any of you have ever heard of that. And I I took the class, and then I was sent out to Fort Lauderdale Beach. That's my hometown, if you've ever been there. Have any of you ever been to Fort Lauderdale Beach? Beautiful, nice place. It's a place where a lot of people go on vacation. And so I went down to Fort Lauderdale Beach, and I just started going up to people and talking to them. And I asked them the question, if you were to get hit by a car and die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? And how sure are you, on a scale of one to 10, of whether you would go to heaven. I was trained by the church I was a part of to ask this question. And and I confess that the conversations usually were pretty brief. You know, someone's walking by and middle school Mike asks them that question. They're kind of like, okay, bye. Uh, But it was a learning experience for me to ask that. And then on that same beach, I went out with another church community I was a part of, and they went out with the same goal to share our faith, but the way they did it was extremely different. Now, this was a while ago, so they gave us all sleeves of quarters, and our goal, our task, was to put the quarters in the parking meters that were blinking empty, you know, that, that flashing red light at a time. And so we did that and we were putting parking we were putting quarters in the parking meters that were empty. And one of the folks who came back to their car and had run out of time but saw there was still 15 minutes left because we put quarters in her parking, she asked us, "You know, what are you guys doing and why are you out here?" We said, "Well, we're we're out here spreading the love of Jesus. We don't want anybody to get a parking ticket." So we're putting quarters in the meters as an, as an act of love. And we had this amazing conversation with this person because we put a quarter in a parking meter, which you can't even do that anymore because they, I guess you can, maybe you can. Some meters you can put quarters in nowadays, but many of them are, are card or pay online. And so that was a moment for me in my faith journey where I started to recognize that Part of sharing our faith is not just scaring someone away from hell. And there's a rich tradition of this in our country, in the modern American context. We can go all the way back to the 1700s when John Wesley and, and George Whitfield were both evangelizing in, the, in our country. Uh, George Whitfield, uh, who kind of preached this, what we call fire and brimstone, he used this image, and it's actually kind of scary. He said, 
Something to the effect, I'm butchering the quote a little bit, you are but a mere spider dangling above the flames of hell. And that was part of his evangelism sermon and technique. Well, George Whitfield and John Wesley, they butted heads a little bit because they, they saw the good news of Jesus in different ways and they explained it in different ways. Because at the heart, when we look back to the, the Greek word, and I don't do Greek words very often, but today I'm gonna throw in a Greek word because this is so helpful. It's called euangelion. I know, you don't have to say it. It's on the screen, you can just read it. But it, it literally means good news. It's often interpreted as gospel or good news, news of salvation. That's how it's often translated. But this is a positive thing. This isn't a, this isn't a thing where we're, where we're moving away from something. We're moving towards the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. This is good news. And so when we think about sharing our faith, I want us to make sure that it's good news. It is good news. And so the way that I've worked on in my own journey, and I'm challenging you to, to do this today, is to think about the way the good news of Jesus Christ has changed your life. And so my challenge is to name one way Christ has changed your life, but to do it in a sentence. This is a way we can prepare ourselves for if we ever have an opportunity to share our faith, that we can start with one sentence of how God has changed my life and start there. And so it wouldn't be fair if I asked you to do this without doing it myself. And so here's the sentence that, that I would share if I got the opportunity to talk with someone this afternoon. I'd say, I've struggled with guilt and shame in my life and my relationship with Jesus has set me free from allowing that to define me. That's how I've experienced the good news of grace and new life in Christ. And that's just one way. There are so many other ways that I've experienced it too, and maybe you have as well. So I'm gonna invite you to, to think about what your one sentence would be how you've experienced the good news of God. I'm gonna give you a little bit of time right now. Think about that sentence. Write it down. How would you summarize the way God is redeeming you, your life, your relationships, your family? It's good news. It doesn't have to be technical. It doesn't have to be a specific formula. We trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to plant the seeds or to reap the harvest. That's up to God, and we get to be faithful workers. So a couple quick tips about sharing our faith. It often best starts in relationship, and that's for a reason, because Faith is inherently relational. This is not just an abstract set of doctrines. 
This is about a relationship we have with our redeemed living Lord. And so sometimes when we, when we go real heavy on the doctrine, which, hey, I went to seminary. I love that stuff. But I also want to make sure we don't miss what's right in front of us, the connection, the relational pieces of faith. And then remember that what we are inviting people into is the fullness of life in Christ, the abundant life that God desires for each and every person. And that is true for all of us. I think today about people in our community. If Jesus were to come here himself, he would go around Lake Nona, and I think he would encounter people who had tangible needs, and he would offer grace to meet those tangible needs. I think he would also encounter people whose tangible needs are cared for, but they're still miserable. They're not happy. They're not living with the fullness, the fullness of life in Christ, and Jesus would offer them that abundant life, which they're hungry for, but they might not even know it. And so, friends, I, I hope we I hope we see this gift that God has given us to invite us to reap the harvest with him, to share the good news of the gospel so that our lives would continue to change and the lives of others would experience that fullness of new life with Christ. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the compassion you had on those people you ministered to and the compassion you have for us. We thank you for your grace and we ask that you give us the courage we need to share that grace, to share our faith with others. We ask all of this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. If you have questions or wanna talk further about this message, I'd love the chance to talk with you. Visit us online at springchurch.org slash connect or email me at pastormike at springchurch.org. I look forward to hearing from you.